Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as I'm broadcasting from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Business Summer Meeting taking place in Colorado. Uh, Markets, an interesting ride today. If you had a chance, there was a lot of... uh, just roller coaster rides, I think, is the best way we can describe it, especially when it comes to the livestock. We did see some red on the screen as well from a grain complex. Could impart, though, the D.C. courts. We're going to talk about this appeals decision coming with the Dakota Access Pipeline. How is that affecting the markets? And we definitely saw those higher crop ratings in yesterday's report, or Monday's report, excuse me, being digested into yesterday. We're going to take all a look at that with Arlen Sudeman. Arlen is with StoneX. And Arlen, let's start out talking about the D.C. Court of Appeals because there really hasn't been a lot of news coverage on it as of yet. And it really hasn't, and I've really been surprised that there has not, because it could have huge implications for the grain industry across the Midwest. Uh, just a little bit of background, if you recall, back in the winter of 2013-2014, when crude oil demand was really flowing out of the Balkans in the Dakotas, uh, and uh, we didn't have the Dakota pipeline, Dakota Access Pipeline, to move that oil, and so it had to go largely by rail, a large portion of it by rail. And um, the railroads could make a lot more money hauling crude oil than they could uh, grain. So that's what their engines were focused on. They were using their lines for. And so if you were an ethanol plant needing to haul ethanol away from your plant so you could keep operating or haul grain in or move grain anywhere in the Midwest, um, there was a shortage of trains. You usually had to wait quite some time to get a train. You had to pay just really large amounts of freight. Freight costs were really uh, through the ceiling, and that therefore negatively impacted basis across the Midwest. And so, when a judge um, a few weeks ago ruled, I think it was on July 6th, ruled that the Dakota Access Pipeline um, needed to empty itself, it needed to halt operations and empty itself while a hearing was taking place on whether it violated. Um, uh, environmental uh, permitting requirements. In fact, it ruled that it did, and so it had to, of course, that's being appealed. Um, 30 days is almost impossible to do, but yet that's what the order was, and so that would have forced a lot of that oil back on the rail lines once again and would have negatively impacted grain flow. Obviously, the railroads have added some capacity since then, though it's still expected to be a significant problem. But this case is now being appealed to the U.S. Court of Appeals in Washington, D.C., and the the Court of Appeals in Washington, D.C. ruled yesterday that uh, the pipeline did not need to empty. It could continue to operate uh, while the the case is being heard, while the appeal is being heard. Now, the pipeline still may lose the case. I'm not speaking to the positives or negatives of the case and whether it should or should not uh, win or lose that appeal. Um, but all I am saying is the implications for the ag community, for the grain and oilseed trade movement around the country, as well as ethanol movement, this has significant implications. And for now, it's a big sigh of relief for the grain industry. What point, Arlen, are we going to see the grain markets start to really talk about this, or is it just going to unfortunately be a little blip on the radar? Well, if the pipeline wins their case, then it'll probably just be a blip on the radar. If they lose their case, then it'll probably become a a sharp reality to the grain trade. Uh, Not as bad as 13, 14 probably, but still 
um, be a considerable problem to the industry. So I'm not sure how long it's going to take to go through the hearing process and may even go to the Supreme Court. We'll have to see. Uh, but at least for now, we've, we've put it until later. Definitely uh, saw some higher crop ratings in Monday afternoon's report. Now, some of these ratings, the highest in 10 years for corn and beans. So definitely uh, seeing some positives from the producer standpoint. Yeah, definitely. The crop ratings took a big jump. In fact, the jump for this of the year that we've seen, excuse me, in the history of USDA crop ratings, which goes back to 1986. So if you plug that into my yield models, that suggests a national average corn yield above 180 bushels, in fact, at 181.6 bushels per acre. That's up 2.2 bushels just in the last week alone. And on the soybean side, it went up a half bushel to 51.3 bushels per acre. So crops right now are getting larger. That may change in the month of August, although August weather right now is looking favorable for the crops. So demand is certainly needed. Low prices are helping to buy some demand. That is working. We're seeing more demand from China than what we anticipated. That is positive. But the markets aren't responding to that demand because the crops are getting bigger. Seeing some export sales, uh, export business picking up again, but this time for wheat, and it looks like out of Kansas City. Well, you're exactly right on that. We did see the commercials start to buy in Kansas City on Tuesday. And then today we saw that uh, Brazil came in and rumored that they bought about four cargoes of wheat. Probably a hard red winter. And then there were rumors that China was also shopping around for hard red winter and soft red winter as well. So when the prices broke and prices got down near some significant chart support on the break on Monday, that bought some demand. And, and that's good um, to help support the market. And so we saw the recovery in prices here the last couple of days as a result. All right. Well, stick around, folks. When we come back, we are going to continue to uh, talk about what's been happening in the markets. We're going to look at the hogs, some triple-digit losses happening for them. Many calling it a roller coaster and really a roller coaster in general when you look at all the livestock complexes over the last couple of days. And is there a break in the product prices? Stick around. We've got a lot more to cover on part two of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation with Arlen Suderman. And as we know, it's definitely been a roller coaster ride when it comes to these livestock markets. Hogs saw some triple digit losses today while the cattle market saw some, some higher numbers within the trade. So a lot of influences, a lot of fingers in the pot affecting the way we see the, the markets and I think, Arlen, let's start out with these hogs. I mean, we don't like to see triple-digit losses anytime for any livestock, especially lately these hog producers. Yeah, and uh, really kind of started it as we saw a big break in the product market yesterday. And then this morning we saw some data come out on hogs for Iowa, southern Minnesota. And we, we did see a 1.2-pound drop in carcass weights this week versus last week. Uh, for the region, and that's a seasonal move, but we're still 3.9 pounds above year-go levels. And furthermore, 
we're hearing from the processing plants <clears throat> that they're just really going at maximum capacity uh, with all the protective uh, requirements now to protect people, their workers from coronavirus. They're kind of hitting at capacity. And so getting current on the hogs is becoming more difficult than what they thought. The good news is the demand is there for product between exports and kind of recovering uh, domestic demand. We are moving the product. We did see, as I said, the break in yesterday's product market, still waiting for today's final product prices to come out. But overall, we seem to be at a little better balance of supply and demand, um, but we're still not able to get current, and, and that's a concern long time and means that there's some limits to the upside right now until we can do so. I see that when it comes to the cash market um, from the cattle, they've just kind of been few and far between this week. Yeah, we did see the online exchange move at uh, sell at 97 and 97 and a half today. That was encouraging. And that's kind of reflective of some of what we've seen in the negotiating trade as well. So generally about a dollar or a dollar or two higher than the previous week. And so that's encouraging. Uh, but at the same time, the market can't get too far ahead of itself. We did see a stronger board today on that firmer product or the firmer cash market. Uh, the product market is showing signs of a possible bottom right now. It's a little bit early, but choice cuts bouncing off that $200 level. Um, and so the board is just kind of enthusiastically trying to go on that, but that limits the gains, but it's still positive nonetheless. What about for weights for the for the cattle? What are you hearing out there in the countryside? Yeah, the cattle are, are nowhere close to being current. We're still well over where we were, um, where we need to be, and got a long ways to go. Anticipate that it's going to take much of the rest of the year. There has been some indications that packers may be starting to uh, bid up for uh, basis contracts for October cattle, and that provides some encouraging signs that maybe they think that they, we may be current by then. Um, I think that's a little bit on the optimistic side, um, but at least it's an encouraging side. Now, we know that safety for workers, and that continues to be a discussion, and as we head towards uh, towards fall, are we hearing any concerns? Um, I know that it was just a few short weeks ago we heard you know, some protests and walking off the job. What are you hearing at this point? Well, I think labor disputes are going to be part, are part of the industry. And coronavirus provides them with an issue, and we certainly want to see the safety of the workers taken care of and, and find that balance. Uh, but it, it's an ongoing problem for the industry right now, trying to get enough capacity to move the animals through while still protecting the employees. It's a fine balancing act and something that the industry is still struggling through. And that fear factor, I'm sure, is going to continue to hang around for, for some time. It really is. Um, when you look at the numbers from the CDC, um, as I study the numbers on their website and, and what they put out, we're seeing some very encouraging signs. And I looked this morning, I saw that uh, the latest data available is for Monday. We had 54,000 new cases in the United States or positive tests. That's down better than 20,000 from the peak that we saw last week on two different occasions. So that's positive. The seven-day moving average is also starting to turn lower. So at least it says we're plateauing. That doesn't necessarily mean that that we've seen the worst behind us. It could be just a pause and then going higher. Hopefully it means that we're starting to curl lower. Uh, we are seeing from the CDC data uh, a continued dramatic decline in hospitalization rates overall per, per thousand positive tests and death rates as well. So that's positive. Doctors are learning how to treat this virus, 
that means fewer people have to enter the hospitals and fewer people are dying from it. Um, the biggest risks seem to be from those 55 and over. The risks are much lower, it appears, from the data for those below 55 years of age. Um, but nonetheless, for those who do get it and do have health complications, it can be a scary thing to go through and, and something we need to take serious. Um, but we need to look at all the data, not just the scary stuff. And, and that kind of helps ease some of the concerns. Very much. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Arlen? StoneX.com or over on Twitter. My handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers on the World Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.